Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. We definitely need a jingle. It's just so dull. My boring voice welcoming us each time. Um, we have a very special episode for you. Not because it's Tom Hawking. He's coming later. But this is a podcast we're going to be doing looking at mental health. So we've got Matt here. Hey, I am here. Yeah, sorry. Hi, <laughs> he Dave. Hi Dave. He is here. Um, and we're going to be looking and talking about mental health and what the Bible has to say about it. It's supposed to be a good sort of way of introduction, although it might be quite obvious to most people why we're doing a mental health podcast. But I suppose we see lots of it in the news that people more than ever are struggling with their mental health yeah. in this lockdown 26.0, whatever it is. <laughs> and we thought it would be good. You know, whilst the BBC, whilst various other websites offer helpful insights into how to look after your mental health we thought it'd be good to look specifically at how a christian can you know lovingly engage encourage people in their mental health battle but maybe point point someone who isn't a christian to the true hope that's in christ not just in some practices that might might help for a little while this is a remedy for all time would that be fair yeah definitely i think it's yeah, it's timely isn't it? it has been all the way through this last year but maybe especially in lockdown i, th- I think it's only lockdown number three but it does feel like 26 <laughs> point whatever doesn't it yeah well before before we go in into this this is going to be a bit of a deep dive episode and if people find it helpful or encouraging or would like more of these sort of topical podcasts you know we never really get any feedback, which is either a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure. Um, but like, so we're just carrying on regardless, yeah, aren't we? We just love chatting. Um, so yeah, please, please do get in contact with us because we could do a second episode, third, whatever. Um, but it does go without saying. Firstly, if you are struggling with your mental health, you need to talk to your GP and talk to a professional. Yeah. We, we of course, would love to talk, love to help, love to pray with you. But it's important to say that right off the bat um so yeah we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go for this and see how long it goes for i have no idea how long this might go for um so matt hello welcome you're here obviously i'm here i haven't done a runner <laughs> the i suppose the first question my first question is what would you say to someone who says a christian should never have struggles with their mental health <laughs> How do you respond? Maybe I should say, how do you respond lovingly? Well, yeah, because <laughs> my, my natural response to that might be a sinful one. Um, having had a, a brush with mental health issues my, myself in the past and having been told that, having it said to me. Um, yeah, so I, I think I, I would respectfully disagree with that person. <laughs> because a, a that crit- means he'll smack them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yes, I, I avoid a response like that, and just I would respectfully and patiently disagree, because um, a Christian lives in a fallen world, and a Christian is just as susceptible to uh, cancer, viruses, um, heart disease as, as anybody else is, and things like depression, anxiety disorder, any other mental health issue you might want to mention are just as much a result of living in that fallen world as a sort of a purely organic physical disease. And and just as with other diseases, it's just true, we can do unhelpful and sinful things that make mm. physical illness worse and make mental illness worse, but mental illness is, is illness. And I know that should, that should be really obvious. I don't think it is to people sometimes. Yeah. Mental illness is illness. 
and Christians get it too. And Christians obviously have more wonderful resources to draw on and Christians have, have joy and peace deep down in their hearts. So sometimes it feels very, very deep, deep down. <laughs> but they still suffer from these things. And one of the reasons Christians say things like that, uh, like Christians shouldn't suffer Why would from you mental bother? health, yeah. Yeah, um, is that, well, one of the reasons is that they've they've absorbed something of the health and wealth, the, the prosperity, the word of faith teaching that's so common these days. And that's an unbiblical theology that tells people if you belong to Jesus and if you have faith, you should not suffer illness or financial hardship or material hardship. That's just not biblical. You know, you look at the book of Job, you look at the life of Paul, you look at the life of Jesus, yeah. and what you see is that they, they suffered from these things and they didn't have easy lives. So faith doesn't equal an easy life. Faith doesn't equal a lack of mental health issues, for example. Um, and th those people I mentioned, Job, Paul, Jesus, all suffered deep anguish and depths of emotion. So I would say lots of those things to respectfully <laughs> and lovingly disagree with my, my brother or sister who says a Christian should never have struggles with their mental health. Yeah, I think potentially, although this is you know a hypothetical person that we probably all will meet someday, there is that element of sometimes we read our Bible and we read you know, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Mm. We just look at that, we look at that promise and detach it from all context and say, well, that means I should be free from everything. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're a heretic or believe the pr prosperity gospel, but sometimes we mm. just, we read things at such face value that it's not helpful, is it? Yeah, that's right. I think we can be too, um, we can be too black and white about these things sometimes, can't we? Name it and claim it, not mm. the one. Yeah. Um, so I suppose then it's almost circling back around to the top in some ways, but what credentials do you or I have to speak into this area? Because at the start we said, go to your GP, talk to a professional. Yeah. I, I suppose another way of putting that question is, what is the relationship between our mental health and our spiritual health? Yeah. Are they intertwined or are they two separate things? Right, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll try and take those those two parts the question dave likes asking the multi-part questions keep them away on my toes. um first of all the question about w what credentials do do i or you have to speak into this area it's a fair question <laughs> most, most pastors and elders don't have formal qualifications in you know psychology or psychotherapy um they don't even necessarily have formal counseling qualifications but again to go back to the analogy with physical health with our physical health, it's not only doctors and trained healthcare workers and physios that can help us. It's also our friends, our family, our people who know us and they know our challenges and they can try and help us walk through any health challenges we have. It's And it's the same with, with any mental health battles we may face. It's having someone who will walk with you, who will ask you good questions, who will encourage you to look after yourself, someone who will pray with you and for you, which is something you, your GPs probably not going to do um so the ministry of pastors and and other christians in the church isn't an alternative to healthcare professionals it's complementary yeah so to, yeah to turn to the second part of your question and what's the relationship between our mental health and our spiritual health uh, that's why i think this complementary approach is so important for the christian that you we use healthcare professionals and we use mm. friends and fellow christians too because we believe there is such a thing as spiritual health and spiritual depression. We, we don't just think as Christians in terms of um, mental health, 
that affects our mood and our thought processes, we realized that we are physical, spiritual beings and that our spiritual relationship with God can be affected by or can affect our mental health. So, you know, the, the key question then is how do those two spheres relate? Yeah, the Venn diagram where it's yeah. the sweet spot. <laughs> exactly, and there's a, they're, they're distinct, but there's a big overlap. There's been a lot written on it. Yeah, for example, Martin Lloyd Jones' spiritual depression is a classic. The doctor. The doctor. Well, uh, adoptive Welshman. Well done, calling him the doctor. <laughs> but the short, well, the short-ish answer is, I, I believe that the spiritual and mental health are those distinct but overlapping categories. Yeah, because I suppose, in some ways, whenever you're struggling with your mental health, someone will say, "Well, you need to go out and do some exercise," mm. because yeah. Being physically healthy does help your mental health. Would that be fair? Yeah. So okay. I, I think the Christian shouldn't respond to that. No, no, it's not about exercise. You need to spend more time in prayer. It's 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 get some exercise, get some relaxation. And by the way, yeah, are you are you yeah. you trying to pray as well? It's it's <laughs> hey, yeah. surprise, surprise. We're saying it again, aren't we? It's not either or. It's both and. Shock horror. Both and are well our our strap line, our strap line for <laughs> for the Ridge Church. Um, okay, so. Could you, because we were talking about, you know, credentials, etc. But mm. you mentioned earlier that you had a brush with mental health. Would you mind, mm. to use a Chris Street phrase, would you mind telling us a bit about your journey yeah. with mental health, Matt? Yeah, sure. And it, yeah, maybe it'll help illustrate a bit better what I said in answer to the previous question. So um, my brush with it, it felt like much more than a brush at the time. But my brush with it was back in 2013. Uh, I've mentioned this a few times before, so some people might be aware of this. When I went through a period, I think it was three months or so, of quite intense depression, I'd probably been suffering, friends who knew about this stuff helped me see this with hindsight, I'd probably been suffering from mild to moderate depression for quite a while, which in my case at the time was probably a result of just overstretch and fatigue. Mm. And then what happened, I went through a fairly short period of being hit with some quite worrying health issues. Um, there was a bereavement. I lost my grandmother. I was quite very close to. And basically, the sort of the elastic band um, of my, my emotions and my, my brain had been stretching and stretching and just got to the point where it went ping. Um, I became suddenly very anxious. And that led then to some months of depression and... Yeah, the, the the red flags of that and the signs that it was depression were that my, my sleep was affected. Uh, I had very low mood. Wasn't able to um, enjoy stuff, really. I just couldn't find anything that I enjoyed. Uh, or didn't look forward to anything. Everything was black. Everything was hopeless. And I, I was seeing everything, pretty much everything, through a negative filter. So, like, n now, nowadays... Would Kath recognise those red flags? Yeah. So okay. I, Kath would recognise them. I would recognise them better myself, I think. The sort of the early stage red flags. Yeah. Which don't mean you're de you're in full-going depression, but are a sign that your anxiety and depression levels are up. I think Kath and I would both recognise them a lot better now, yes. Yeah. Because I think... So you're sure of saying how... For example, if a day comes along and it's raining and you're just like, Oh, the weather's just always awful. <laughs> Cass not going to think, oh, Matt might be depressed because no. because he's no. negative. This is, I think you say, you said it's about you know constant 
negativity and not being able to switch switch it off is that right yeah and that's really important i think because um i've actually preached on this once before in the bridge i think when i when i hear for example the things that christians can unhelpfully say sometimes i've heard christians say oh we, you know when i'm suffering with depression um i stick on a worship cd and i just feel better straight away and i'm like well that's great but you're not suffering from depression if that's oh, the no. case you're you're having a blue day you're feeling a bit flat and great the worship cd helped that's not depression because um, because oh, you know going back to, to me i was um in in the in the background of all this depression was that constant gnawing anxiety as well which i i felt at the time almost powerless to switch off so this wasn't just me being a worrier and being over the top and don't get me wrong, there is sin mixed in and there are things that we can do that don't help when we're there. But I, I, I could not switch off from this anxiety. Um, and that was probably a fairly classic case of anxiety, depression that many people suffer from. But I, I was aware that for me as a Christian, this goes back to the spiritual aspects mm. part of the question. For me as a Christian, there were also spiritual aspects to this as well. So... Mm. For a while, I felt it almost impossible to pray. I really struggled to read the Bible. I did not have a sense of the love or presence of God. I knew theologically those things hadn't gone away, but I just didn't feel it. And one of the things I had to grapple with during it and afterwards was, what's the link between this depression I'm suffering and my spiritual life? Had I become depressed because of a lack of faith, because of sin? Or had I just got depressed because it's something that happens to people in a fallen world? It's not as easy to disentangle all those different threads. But mm. over time, and with some good help, I realized a few things. Um, thing number one, which we've already said, is Christians get depressed too. So yeah. mental illness, like physical illness, happens to people in a fallen world, and that includes Christians. Um, the other thing I realized was depression and other mental illness is not always, in fact, I think I'd say it's not usually the result of a lack of faith or sin. Mm. You know, my sin can lead to depression, spiritual depression and the mental health condition. Sin can lead to it, but it's so often not the case. But then the other thing I realized was depression often does have spiritual effects. Mm. So it can make it harder to pray, harder to rejoice, harder to read your Bible. And it can lead to sins like anger and self-pity, but the, what I needed to find out, what I needed to learn was that where I was at was not because I had particularly lacked faith or there had been particular sins in my life. It, it was just something that, that happened to me. Um, so even where depression doesn't have a spiritual cause, yes, it's true, we can certainly sin in our anxiety and depression or whatever other mental health issue it might be. We can do things that make it worse. We can do things that help. But it's not something that is simply a result of sin, and it's not something I can just simply switch off by pulling myself together. And this is where professional help can be so important. There's no substitute for Christian friends who will walk with you, listen, pray for you, and point you to Jesus, point you to God's love. And when someone is in the depths and needs professional help, uh, we, we must direct them that way. But it's not either or. You need your Christian friends and unqualified Christian people who will walk with you and minister to you when you when you're in that. So can you help help me help us understand a little bit more on that? Was it like you had a mask on during the day, like with your kids or in your job, or were you just flat the whole time? Uh, yeah, that, that's that's a that's a good question. Actually, I think. 
I think what I would say in my case, and yeah. it, it varies, doesn't it? But in my case, looking back, when I was probably suffering with mild, moderate depression and didn't really realize it at the time, yeah. the mask was on then. So mm. even Kath didn't necessarily realize. She, she would have seen signs of stress, but she didn't necessarily realize that that's how low I was. Yeah. Church would certainly wouldn't have known it, mm. and um, but when in my case there were a few triggers and I slipped into deeper depression and anxiety, I couldn't keep the mask on then. Yeah, and actually this is one of the things that at the time freaked out um, some other Christian. I've got to say most Christians were just like, yeah, Matt's the pastor and he's suffering from depression. So, so. Yeah. but but for a minority, they, they couldn't wrap their heads around this, and I think that's partly because their thinking was. Christians and especially pastors don't get depressed and secondly because to them it was it was utterly out of the blue actually it wasn't it had been building up for a while but yeah. that was that was the perception yeah that's so often the case isn't it like assuming assuming people are okay and assuming mm. that everything's fine yeah and like I mean I suppose as well <laughs> to tie it into Revelation 12 you know the deceiver the devil's lies like yeah. part of the devil's lies is that Pastors are immune to this. Christians are immune to this, etc., mm. etc. Et like it is a lie. There's something else. Actually, this is a huge area just by itself. But the other thing that the other two sort of extremes and the false dichotomy, I think, is that you you'll get a probably a minority of Christians who will say if someone's suffering from mental health issues, oh, you know, that's 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 the enemy, that's satanic, and mm. you know, no, most of the time it's just they're suffering from mental health issues because they live in a fallen world. Um, the other extreme is to say. Yeah, if I'm suffering, the devil's got nothing to do with that. Well, no, he, we've got an enemy, and he loves stirring things up. Mm -hmm. And it's it's um, but th there's balance to be struck here. And I think I think the point I'm trying to make, and and good Christian books on this will make this point, is that that normally when you're seeing a Christian struggling with mental health issues, it is because they're unwell. Whatever the triggers might be, whether they're organic triggers or circumstances, they're unwell, and you 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 want to help them to get better. Mm. So just to clarify, a false dichotomy is whenever you set two things up against each other, mm. which are actually intertwined. So like yeah. to say, the church should only do evangelism. They shouldn't bother with uh, discipleship. That's a false dichotomy. The church should do both. Is yeah, that right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and your false dichotomy there is the devil. It's the devil's attacks yeah. and it's sin. So to to take take myself there, looking back, you know, I, I think that the main reason that I got anxiety depression was just life stuff had built up. Mm. A few triggers pushed me over the edge and I and I, I plunged into deeper depression. Mm. Um were there any spiritual aspects to it? Yes. And with hindsight, can I say was the devil at times maybe involved there, sort of stirring things up, trying to make me, me worse, trying to attack me, trying to make me doubt? Yeah, I think he probably was. Yeah. But I think fundamentally the reason I got depressed was I, I got tired and stretched and burned out and depressed. What things are helpful in looking after yourself in particular? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that that's a massive area, I suppose, isn't it? Because it depends what um, what type of mental health issues a Christian might be struggling with. And, you know, neither of us are claiming to be experts in, in any of these areas. But I, I, I guess I could, I could suggest a few things, discoveries that helped me. Uh, stuff I picked up along the way. Um, so for for one thing, when you're suffering from um, mental ill health, uh, be kind to yourself. I know that's not a biblical phrase. <laughs> Some might object to it. It's very much a secular phrase that you're hearing. No, see, as soon as I read that, 
I, I hear, be kind to yourself. And then in my head, I'm like, see, you big stupid head, you got to be kind to yourself. <laughs> uh, I know, it's, 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 kind of a, it's kind of a corny phrase in a lot of ways, but it, it, it helped me at the time because what happened is I, I was beaten. I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for X number of years. I'm a pastor. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And I, I had to have Christians and non-Christians say to me, you need to go a bit easier on yourself here. Don't expect too much of yourself too quickly. Yeah. To put it in biblical terms, the Lord knows our frame and he remembers we're dust. That's the mm-hmm. Psalm 103. And we're often too hard on ourselves when we're in the depths, when we forget how loved we are and how patient God is. So, <laughs> Isn't it funny how, you know, we read in the Psalms, you're dust, and then Jesus in the gospel says, you're more valuable than the mm-hmm. flowers of the field or the stars <laughs> in the sky. You're just like... Really valuable dust. <laughs> it's just weird, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's the thing. I think sometimes we've got to get our categories straight. So we we tend to sometimes slip into thinking that if I'm exhibiting human weakness, that is sinful. Yeah. And actually, that's not necessarily the case. So mm. sometimes weakness is sinful weakness. When I give in to temptation, that's sin. I can't dress that up as anything else. But it's possible for there to be areas of weakness in my life, so I'm susceptible to getting ill, mm. physically and mentally. That's not necessarily sinful, and I, and I need to recognise that too um so that's yeah that's one of the things we're dust so we can be gentle on ourselves as the lord is Mm. also depression anxiety other disorders are illnesses and you you often need help and treatment with illnesses so if the causes of depression for example they're they're physical they're organic then you you might need meds Um, maybe only for a while but you your gp might say medication would help you here you know the christian doesn't have to say oh i'm a christian i I shouldn't go on meds take wise advice and give yourself time to recover you know you wouldn't put i would hope you wouldn't put weight on a a broken leg that's just started to heal you wouldn't put weight on that leg too soon so why would you do the same to your brain you've got to give yourself a break i would have to say owen brown would disagree with you (laughs) and he'd go straight out on the road again (laughs) yeah yeah oh sorry owen Uh, yeah yeah, picking on poor owen brown yeah bless him but that's the thing i mean there are certain that you 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 would um you would think it was crazy to if you just if you just had a, take an extreme example, just a heart attack. You wouldn't go out for a run the next week, or eat a big even Owen Brown wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, <laughs> so if someone's really struggling uh, with their mental health, to say uh, you know just get on with it, just pull yourself together, and come on, you shouldn't be feeling this way. It's not helpful to say that to someone. It's not helpful to say it to yourself. Yeah, and you're always very big on um, as a Christian, we can just have forced guilt, can't we? Yeah. Or, not forced false guilt is not the term just where we you know i'm a christian i shouldn't feel like this and then you spiral don't you yeah and that that is a hard thing to disentangle because i remember with with myself again with hindsight it's a lot clearer i think there were certain things going on there i was feeling a lot of false guilt that i just i didn't need to feel guilty i was just ill on the other hand there were one or two things i think at the time god was dealing with me and he was convicting me about a few particular things and, I, and there were sins I was exhibiting when I was in the depression. But, mm. you know, when you're in the middle of it, it's not the time to try and work out, oh, is there something in particular God's putting his finger on in my life? You just, yeah. you need to focus on getting better. Yeah. I often find, and it's such a ridiculous example, but whenever something bad happens in my life, I'm almost like, oh, God's finally getting me for that sin that yeah. I did yeah. all those years ago. Like, I'm finally getting my comeuppance. And it's mm. just like false yeah like 
it's just a lie from the devil. And this is where I think it's helpful to see characters in the Bible who clearly suffered from mental anguish and mm. distress. And you know, what I think in a lot of cases, probably a psychologist today, psychiatrist would call clinical depression. You know, you look at Elijah after he's threatened by Jezebel and he, he runs off down to Sinai and he's ministered to by God. You look at the way Paul's describing his experience in 2 Corinthians. Yeah. What Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's, that's yeah. yeah, anguish, deep mental, emotional anguish. So yeah. um, it helps to look at what the Bible says mm. and um, the examples of faith that, that God gives. So take Elijah. Was he sinful in that? Yes. Was he suffering from that as a result of being sinful and a lack of faith? Well, no. I mean, have you seen what just happened on Mount Carmel? Yeah. He's a machine. Yeah. So again, it's, it's avoiding the false dichotomy. And the other thing I'd add, I've already mentioned it, but it's worth stressing again. Don't assume that illness is a result of sin or a lack mm -hmm. of faith and heap false guilt on yourself. It may be the Lord's teaching you something and putting his finger on it, on a particular thing, a particular sin, but give yourself time to heal keep going to jesus the, the great physician so yeah you talked about elijah there my like this is my fate probably my favorite thing no i can't say it. it's my favorite thing god does in the bible but <laughs> elijah is hot like is absolutely exhausted he's knackered he's possibly depressed yeah. and god tells him sleep and then he feeds him and then exactly. sleeps some more yeah and you're just like oh actually mm. if i'm feeling really rough a good meal and a good night sleeping might be the best thing yeah. for me, which is just encouraging, isn't it? Like exactly, and, and wisdom sometimes is just doing those basics, isn't it? Biblical wisdom. Yeah. So I, you know, I've I've never yet I've not slipped back again into significant anxiety depression since 2013. I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, in my life, just as anybody's life, I will now see red flags, and Cole Cath will see them, and like, so what do I do about this? Well, yeah, I pray about it, talk to the Lord about it, but make sure that next week the next few weeks i am properly carving out time for rest etc yeah. these are important things to do yeah which kind of leads to prevention i guess in terms of how you can help yourself in depression there are certain things but mm. in terms of prevention be aware of red flags know how to combat them so for me if my sleep gets disrupted that's a signal in my case mm. uh those anxiety levels might be coming back up so deliberately doing things to ease off a bit to relax making yourself do enjoyable things <laughs> You know, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We, we we can enjoy life, this side of glory, and it's good and it's okay to do that. So do things you enjoy. Exercise is a big thing too, physical exercise. We feel better when we get physical exercise. Getting yourself out for a walk, getting fresh air, seeing the green leaves, the blue sky. Um, making sure we get days off, times of rest and relaxation. Take holidays. So you know, all these things... Doing those things if you're in the midst of depression is not going to cure it overnight. Mm. But in terms of prevention and looking after yourself, they could be pretty huge. And if someone is listening in who feels that these things, feels some of these things and always just, you know, you're seeing these red flags, but your response in the past has always been to just power through, mm. especially if you're in the younger category, looking at you, Dave Lauder, Gil some of the guys listening <laughs> in. You need to hear that you're not indestructible and that God has made us to need Sabbaths and rests and we ignore that at our peril. That's important to hear. Uh, not that I have much experience in this area, but it's so, like phones are just a nightmare mm. for some of this stuff in yeah. terms of like increasing anxiety. So sometimes I find phone on airplane mode, leave it in the house and go for a walk. Yeah. Like no phone, it's an absolute dream sometimes, honestly. Mm. And... Yeah. You don't you don't miss it. Like no. whenever you are like obviously let someone know 
you're going for a walk like mm. if you have a a wife or a husband or something but it's actually just good for you not to always be wired in to what's going on in the news in the world exactly and i think this past year especially is something we need to hear isn't it that um you know we're we're talking here for example about anxiety depression and when someone's really in that it, it, it's obvious it, it's significant um it's really really hard but all of us this last year well maybe can't say all of us, almost everybody I've talked to, and I include myself and Kath in this, we've been conscious that our anxiety levels have gone up a notch, that our mood has sometimes been lower than it would have been otherwise. And that doesn't mean we're all suffering clinical depression, yeah. but th- these these are these are red flags and things we need to be aware of, and we, we can look after ourselves and look after each other in this, and that's important. Yeah, ridiculous example, but during peak COVID stuff, every night during the week in my house, we'd have the news on. Hmm. I was six, like I was six days in a row. The news was on same time while we we're eating our dinner. And I'm like, can we just not listen? Like yeah. for the sixth day in a row, I was hearing that lots of people are dying, hmm. the economy shot, and there's no hope in the world. I'm like, yeah, I just don't. Sometimes just knowing. Yeah, why? Why do we do it? It's it's kind of it's a bit addictive, isn't it? Especially on the phone, yeah. checking your news feed. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, let's keep motoring on. I maybe this is just my hard northern irish upbringing but <laughs> often there's this stereotype or phrase or statement which says you know boys big boys don't cry mm. that, or boys yeah. shouldn't talk about their feelings um why why is that an unhelpful stereotype of mindset to have particularly around covid like mm. why why is it important for maybe men in particular to talk about how they're actually doing rather than trying mm. to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders because it isn't yeah. that the statistic like suicide rate in men is far higher than anything in women yeah yeah i couldn't i couldn't quote you facts and figures but i believe that's the case and yeah. i i suppose one of the factors is that sometimes men aren't as um they're not as likely to just talk to someone and so to, to answer part of your question why is it an unhelpful stereotype of mindset to have it's because one of the ways we heal is through talking and sharing pain and sadness that's that's a, a something that helps us as human beings we see that in, in scriptures we see it in the epistles um and it's interesting that ma- many therapies and again I'm not, I'm not an expert on any of these but many therapies like cbt um, cognitive behavioral therapy are, are rooted in talking things through amongst other things um, but that idea of talking things through wasn't invented in the last 150 years or the last 20 years god has given us one another in the church to be brothers and sisters to bear one another's burdens to care for one another we are we are means of grace to each other in good times and in hard times so i'd encourage anyone who's struggling to make sure that they're, they're talking to someone and and yes to go back to the other part of the question i th- it's a generalization, but it seems to me generally true. Maybe someone can point us to some hard facts and figures on this, but mm. I think it's generally true that men struggle more to share with someone else when they're struggling. And part of it is a cultural thing that, you know, it appears weak or something. Yeah, don't talk about your feelings. That, yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's, that really is unhelpful. So finding a Christian friend who we can talk to, whether a male or female, when we're in the valley is so important. They may not be able to help with every aspect of your mental health struggles they might uh, they probably will encourage you to speak to your gp for example if they think you're really struggling but they can be a support and a listening ear and you will know that someone's praying for you and that's huge for the christian just as an example of uh, a boy not 
really knowing how to talk about their feelings. Classic. Amy and I were talking about some stuff and she listed along maybe about 10 different emotions <laughs> she had felt in that particular day. <laughs> and I and now it was like it was all happening at once and I was like why don't you just pick one emotion <laughs> and stick with it? So you, you don't experience that many in the course of a year, do you, Dave? Yeah, I'm, you know, basically hungry or happy, basically, are my two emotions. No, no, we're, we're painting a terrible stereotype of men here, you realise that? No, 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 but like, as in, a part of my, like, growing mat- maturation, if that's a word, mm. is actually figuring out, actually, no, I do feel more things, I just have to give myself the opportunity to yeah. talk talk them out which mm. i think is something that you know mm. i'm learning through all this that actually is important not just to only say you're hungry whenever you're actually <laughs> deeply upset about something <laughs> hungry. Sorry. yeah hungry classic that's definitely my main emotion um so i've gotten us off track um are there times because we've just said it's important to talk about how you feel it's important to talk about how we're actually doing mm. but is there a time when facts and not feelings are more important. So actually to talk about who God is rather than... Because it is a very... Is it postmodern? Hmm. Like how we our emotions, our feelings are king. Yeah. Is there a point where we go, no, I like... I am a Christian. I've been bought by Jesus. This is more important hmm. than how I feel right now. Is that wrong? No. So to answer the question the other way, yes, it is important to remember facts because what we're saying is it's really important to talk to the Lord and talk to people about the stuff you're going through. It is important to talk about emotions and you don't push them down, you don't push them out of the way. That is very unhelpful. But our emotions and our feelings aren't ultimate. So when I was going through what I was going through, I remember one day in particular very clearly just thinking, wondering, God, was God even real? Was he there? Did he care? I did not feel the presence of God. Mm. But but I was in the presence of God. He was there with me. That was, that was the fact of the matter. And, you know, in God's common grace, we have lots of resources that can help us in depression. But ultimately, our faith in Christ provides the rock and the refuge and the resource that, that people who aren't Christians um, have. So... Acknowledging and talking about our emotions, yes. Being overly introspective all the time, not helpful. Looking beyond ourselves and not looking constantly inward is so important. That, that you know, the psalmists, for example, again, just just to show we are in the the broad outline, we've been biblical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the psalmists spoke a lot about their anguish and spoke a lot about their joys, but always keep circling back to the Lord and crying out to the Lord. And we need to do that too. And the Psalms, by the way, are a wonderful spiritual resource when you're going through it emotionally and mentally. When I was struggling, I couldn't read much of my Bible. But a few favorite Psalms, or even just a few verses from favorite Psalms, where which I would read over and over. And eventually, not, not straight away, but eventually they started to kind of seep in and they helped to lift the darkness. So, yes, what, what matters most is not what you feel, but what's real. Yeah. So... We need to be honest about our emotions and talk about them, but remember there's a rock and mm. unchanging reality. And this is where Christian friends can point us back to those realities too. Yeah, because it's not, it's not running from the problem. You're actually running to the, well, you're running to the cross, aren't you, to the rock to actually deal yeah. with the problem. Because yeah. some people would say, oh, that's just escapism sort of thing, but that's not the no. case at all. Whenever 
Cook can actually help. Yeah. I suppose as well, just as a side point, like Charles Spurgeon, who mm. like was an absolute weapon for the gospel, <laughs> like battled depression his oh, whole yeah, life. Hugely. And yeah. there's co- countless other examples. So it's like, mm. it, it does just, it happens. And and it's interesting reading stuff on Spurgeon and his depression because, you know, was was it a result of lack of faith on Spurgeon's part? I think pretty much everybody would say no. <laughs> um, was there an element of spiritual attack there? Quite probably because he was really on the front line and massively used for the gospel. But essentially, it appears, Spurgeon suffered from depression because he was also suffering from you know, very painful physical ailments mm. and there was probably a large physical component mm. to why he struggled with depression and it, it was very real for him but um and he he was open about that and but kept pointing himself and his flock back mm. to back to the lord kept coming back to the lord with it Okay, we're going for 38 minutes. I oh, think, wow. I think we'll go, <laughs> we'll finish on this one because um, I have heard it quite a lot. Um, I've heard from Christians um, and non-Christians, obviously, but they're sort of like, don't waste your lockdown experience, don't waste your quarantine, don't <laughs> waste your COVID year, come out being able to make sourdough, make banana bread, <laughs> read like your encyclopedia back to front. Oh, I failed already then. Learned your Greek invest your covid year whilst obviously that is a very good ambition sentiment mm. but why can this be an added burden to our mental health during these um weird days that we're yeah. in well let, let's be honest it can be an added and unnecessary burden coming there's truth in there isn't there for the christian we were meant to redeem the time use the time well and yeah. not just waste it that that's true and that's good to hear uh, but you know Yes, okay, we're told to redeem the time. We're taught that in our trials, God is refining our faith. You know, our faith is of greater worth than gold. But Peter says that in 1 Peter. It's been refined by our trials. And often by God's grace, a Christian can experience real suffering, but also actively trust God that this is somehow for their good and for God's glory, and they can experience joy in that. But sometimes someone who is suffering from mental and emotional ill health just cannot see at that moment what God is doing or how they can deliberately invest their suffering for God's mm. glory. And even someone who's not suffering from you know, full-on depression, when it when it's just been a hard season, it's sometimes hard to see what God's doing. Yeah. Um, certainly when someone's really suffering <clears throat> from depression, their, their senses and emotions are too numbed or too intense to, to see everything clearly. And at those times, what they need to hear is that the Lord knows, the Lord understands, his love has not wavered, however it may feel. It's okay. Another sort of phrase has become corny, but I think it's very helpful. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And they need to not have other Christians telling them that what they need to do is snap out of it. <laughs> and they need to just know those Christian friends are simply there for them and loving them with the love of Christ. Yeah. Because I think that sort of added pressure on your mental health. Uh, you know, not only can I not see the people I love and care for most in the world. I actually also know I suddenly have to be super productive. Like yeah. that's just an ad, added burden. Like I have to smash homeschool and I have to do yeah. everything really well. It's just mm. actually, you know, if you look back on this year, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm so thankful I learned how to make sourdough. I don't know why I'm going <laughs> after sourdough. I flipping love it. Um, but more sort of like I'll look back on this year and only recently I've rang two of my best friends every week and we've chatted and read a chapter of a book together. I'm like, mm. 
we'd be far more thankful for that rather than you know yeah anything else unnecessary that i might have done that yeah. felt productive like mm. learning how to bake something i don't know exactly you know are we, are we defining product not that it's a biblical term is it but are we defining productivity the way the culture defines it or our false guilt defines it or are we defining productivity as in um living our lives as best we can in the presence of the lord and, and doing things his way in which case uh, yeah having those rests and those sabbaths and and defining our priorities differently that that's yeah that's a biblical way to think yeah and biblical productivity is so different to the world's yeah. version of productivity yeah. like if you <laughs> if you come out of all this and you say to someone at work oh i've just become so disciplined in my time of prayer mm. they're gonna be like what a waste yeah. of a lockdown yeah yeah <laughs> it's definitely. just the reality isn't it i mean just going i know we've got to wrap this up but it, it's such a huge area isn't it and probably is worth saying towards the end isn't it dave that you know we, you and i are not putting ourselves forward on mental health um oh no experts and this has been some of this has been kind of stream of consciousness sort of stuff and, and our experience as well but you know, if someone really is struggling with this, first of all, just to reiterate what you said at the top, yeah. you know, make sure you talk to a friend, talk to someone and get get the help of an expert. Go to your GP for starters, for, for example, if, if you're really struggling. And also there, there are some great Christian resources on this. I'm looking at a book now. Got it in front of me, Dealing with Depression by Sarah Collins and Jane Haynes. That's Christian Focus. I found that very helpful. The book probably I found most helpful of all a very little book, very easy to read by David Murray, Reformation Heritage Books, Christians Get Depressed Too. Just some really good basic advice in there. There's lots of resources that we can point people to um, that, that can help them. I think I think we'll end there. We've gone for a while. <laughs> Longest one, yeah. Oh, definitely. So I'm not sure when this will land because I have to talk to Tom this afternoon, but yeah. we'll have a think. And Well, you're at the end of the podcast, so... You'll know when you've got it. <laughs> See you soon. See you.